You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Welcome back to The Express. It's Bilal Vakani, joined by my good buddy, Daniel Sahori, uh, who you may know from Second City. And we've got Ari Goldkind, the lawyer, political commentator. He's also got a show on SiriusXM, but Ari, I have to give them the proper titles before I give them the broadcast title. Uh, great to have you both back. Great to be with you, Bilal. Of course. I'm sure shocked Dan is still here. But anyways, uh, Full Gear is shaping up great. And uh, I have to put an asterisk on this because I was telling you guys before, uh, I had the chance, a second chance to talk to Tony Khan. I talked to him when he was in Toronto. I talked to him this afternoon before his media call about this show. And, you know, they've also given me free tickets to the two Toronto shows, which were hot tickets when they were in town. Um, so, you know, my opinion is a little bit, I would say Rosie as a You're an AEW of, mark below. Uh, I'm getting there. Now. Um, yeah, I, I'm finally. expecting a check very soon. But nevertheless, I, I would love your thoughts on this card. Uh, we'll go to Ari first because, you know, it's always a pleasure to have Ari here. And I, I know Absolutely. he loves chatting AEW. Uh, Ari, what are you thinking as we rapidly approach full gear? And again, we're doing this before Rampage. So everything could change on Rampage. I'm kidding. <laughs> In terms of what I'm looking forward to? Or, or just your feeling. Are you excited about this card? I love AEW, so I'm very open that I really enjoy it. I think it's very story-driven. I like the segments. I've said that for at least a couple of years now. Um, I will start at the top. I would watch Maxwell Jacob Friedman, near and dear to my Jewish heart. I would watch him read a phone book. That guy is that good. Um, I think he's fascinating to me. Uh, he never has a segment that doesn't deliver, ever. Now, you think that through about how many people we love in this business and how many people we pay attention to that, you know, sometimes have a segment that is okay or, you know, a mm. six out of ten. His segments are always ten out of ten. And you put him in now with John Moxley who has the same desire to excel as anybody else at the top of the business. I don't think that main event's going to disappoint. I don't know what the finish will be, which I always like. I mean, you know, it'll go back to Logan Paul, Roman Reigns. I knew what that finish was going to be before it was, but I was entertained out the yin-yang. Now add in, I don't know what the finish will be. I, I start at the top, so I'll pause and turn it over to Dan. I think if MJF's involved, I'm interested. He's the mensch of the sench, of <laughs> course. Uh, so that was his own line that he said about himself at one point. Uh, but uh, but he is. And, uh, yeah, he's uh, – I guess he's – I would say he's my favorite character wrestler on on the show and therefore in the industry at this point in time. Uh, so, yeah, that's – if, if nothing else, this match brings me to this show and there, there we'll get into it, but there, there are a several other matches that I'm looking forward to as well. The only criticism I think I've had of MJF is his, you know, propensity to fall back on fat shaming or just like uh, taking little shortcuts in his promos. And what I've seen is as he's making this, you know, quote unquote, baby face ish turn, that's probably not a baby face turn, no. you know, as we know, MJF, He's actually kind of weeded that out of what he's doing. And I'm in the last couple of weeks, especially, it's been very captivating to watch what he's doing with Moxley. Uh, and I have to give him a lot of credit. I don't know if the match itself will be as good as the promos leading into it, but I still think, you know, we're talking about a really good main event. And I think, Ari, that kind of comparison 
of Roman Reigns and, and Logan Paul, it, it's almost the inverse, right? I don't think the build to Roman and Logan was that great at all, despite the fact you had the bloodline. And yet the match over delivered. I think this is a situation where the promos and the story going into it is so spectacular. I'm not even too worried if the match is five stars. I think it'll be somewhere in that four category. But I think it'll be a great match to an excellent story, if that makes any sense. Well, I think it does. And I think the two people who will be entertained for sure are me and Naomi Rosenblum. I think we will both absolutely enjoy the match. If you got that joke and you're listening to this podcast. That's Can you his, explain it, Ari? Because I didn't his, even get it. That's his fiance. So um, now you have the three tribes people enjoying that match. You're right. I agree with that. We've done shows on cards that are uh, underwhelming. WWE often does this. They'll have cards that are very underwhelming. If it was the pay-per-view area, era, you probably wouldn't order them. Now with premium live events or Peacock or the WWE Network, those tend to be better shows. I somehow think that this match will not under-deliver. I think they'll have a very, very clever finish. You have a card that has a lot of, I think, interest in it, given the return of Kenny and the Young Bucks. I'm, you know, obviously less interested in Soraya than many, many people, or we'll call her Paige. But I, I just think that John, that MJF, you know, whether he, whether he's really that guy or he turns it to eleven, the way I think Stone Cold used to say about turning it to eleven. I don't mean the Spinal Tap reference. I mean Stone Cold's. I, I just have that feeling that it's a main event card, arguably. I'd like to see MJF lose because I still think his his run to the top should be a bit more Brian Danielson-like. Mm-hmm. And like you, I do think there'll be a swerve of some sort. I don't think the title should be put on him just yet, MJF. Make his journey a little bit more difficult than anointed. That being said, give that guy a microphone and now give that guy a gym and you can see how much effort he puts into it. And, you know, I use the, the uh, I'm not not comparing them, but you look at what Logan Paul did a week ago or, or two ago with expectations, probably not as great as he delivered. MJF is a guy that does it every single week versus three times. Not that I criticize the three times. I, I just think this will be very entertaining. And it is truly, by the way, a main event. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Dan, I, I'm going to try to get to this card in half an hour, which is a fool's errand. Um, but quickly, I, I kind of think MJF will win uh, just because I'm a sucker. I, I've thought everybody who's going to face Mandy Rose in NXT for the last year was going to win the title from her. Uh, uh, just your pick before we move. Uh, MJF. Okay. Um, Ari, you mentioned the trios championship. Uh, I, I was telling Tony today, I think this division is one of the best things that's happened in wrestling. Honestly, in the last year or two, maybe more. And, you know, to have the elite back and this sort of reverse Thanos scene is the only way I can describe it, um, which is a pretty, pretty eloquent way to handle a weird situation they found themselves in. Uh, you've got Death Triangle, which has the Lucha Bros and Pack, you know, and that UK show is sort of hanging in the future somewhere in 2013. So, you know, Pack's going to be a big part of this promotion. This match could be great. And Ari, I'm kind of remembering, you know, when Kenny came back from that injury and I was so worried about his shoulder. I'm basically imagining that emotion, but for ring rust or for them not winning the titles. And it's almost this anxiety excitement about Kenny because we know he has the potential to be one of the best wrestlers in the world, but it seems like there's always something that 
puts enough doubt in your mind that you never quite know how it's going to go. You mean his body being banged up? Yeah, so it's sort of taking what we saw last time when he went for the trios title, which was his body being banged up, but now it's, is his body, you know, have ring rust, basically, right? Yeah, like so it's that I would same say, narrative. I would say no to ring rust. Um, <laughs> I think this guy came out of the womb. Uh, I, th- I forget what his name is, Tyler something, but like probably, you know, when he came out of the womb, it took six months to rename himself Kenny Omega, but he couldn't speak. So to me, ring rust is not a real concern for this guy. As I said, you know, there are guys that are born to do this. Now, the, the part that I'm looking forward to there, the, the, there are six guys there that are all really interesting to me. Often you have like the Heart Foundation where you're less interested in Jim the Anvil Neidhart. You have the Acclaimed where you're a little bit less interested in Anthony Bowens because Max Caster's mm. entrance to the ring is again so entertaining you'd watch him rap about a phone book. I mean, that's why that unit is over. They're put together. They're a great partnership. The Scissor Me stuff, which I'm sure we'll get to, is great. And Billy Gunn is, you know, calling his accountant every day, thanking his lucky stars for the acclaimed. But I digress. You know, you have Pac, who is, I think, one of the most underrated guys Mm -hmm. in wrestling. First of all, he's a guy that I don't know how tall he is, but if he's taller than 5'8 or 5'9, I'd be very surprised. And he's the guy that if I bumped into him in that locker room, I have a feeling he'd scare the you-know-what out of me more than anybody else. And, you know, I mentioned a Brian Danielson-like run. Let Pac, or whatever his name is, I you know, I think that's his... I don't know what his real name is, actually. I just remember it was something silly Neville at some point. But Adrian Neville. Yeah, so let Pac have one of those runs. I think he's a guy that the audience believes in. I yep. think he comes across as legit. I think Dan agrees with me on that. You don't ever hear his name I in love the him. conversation. Yeah. Then you take the two other guys, Ray Phoenix, and I have to figure out what Penta Almiedo Zero, I'm sure you know what it means. I'll have to Google it because- Zero you know, fear? Is that what it means? Yeah. Okay. Those two guys are actually fantastic. And in some way, they're so good that the masks get in the way of just how fantastic they are. Because, yes, they're spot fest guys, but if you look at how well choreographed they are, it's unbelievable. Now you turn to the Young Bucks, who I still think their ring entrance and their ring work is amazing. If you actually watch that Brandon Cutler's YouTube footage where he has the handheld camera at the ring, I don't remember. I think it's called Being the Elite. Yep. I That's think, their show. Or, their yeah, or it's, I can't remember if it's that or something else. Mm-hmm. These guys are so good. And then you and out, I've already said Kenny, and we'll, I'll give it to Dan in a second. I want them to do one of those three minute Kenny Omega entrances mm-hmm. where Justin Roberts has that cue card and does three minutes before he even gets to hailing from North Carolina. Just run through the last because the crowd is hot for that and when and i remember when he came back about a year or two ago they had the girls or the ladies with the brooms yeah and i just thought this is what a ring entrance is born to do so i'm hoping that those two ring entrances will not be rushed for the pressure of time because i know tony khan has said this pay-per-view won't go till three in the morning don't rush those entrances 
Did he say yeah. that? Then they wouldn't go to three in the morning. Yeah. Well, it is, especially with the with the real main event, which is the post uh, media scrum, which will go probably until three in the morning. Uh, this match, look, I'm not, I am not the biggest elite fan, but I'm excited for this match, and I want Death Triangle to win because I like Death Triangles. But for all the reasons you just said, Ari, I want them to retain, even though it's their big return of the elites. Uh, I am definitely more of a death triangle guy than an elite guy. Oof, I, but the, the elite will probably win. But Okay, yeah. I, I'm a sucker for any title changing, so I do see the elite winning. But look, I as I said, they're going to London. It makes a lot of sense. And Ari, you, you touched on something so on point with Kenny Omega's entrance to the point where, and I don't even know if you guys know this, I used that song for my wedding, and I had Matt Devlin, who's the Raptors TV voice, do a version of that for me. And That's I was awesome. on the... I had. I was well, on the I phone. I actually want with, to hear that. That's. I awesome. will send that to both of you. I need to put that out publicly somewhere. I will listen with my to wife right now in this podcast. That sounds so awesome. <laughs> if, people love Matt prepared. Devlin. So for you, he'd say Bilal Vakani with a three-pointer yep. from downtown Whitby. Pretty much, and he called me to get all the pronunciations right. That's which, fantastic. You know, Matt That's is the ultimate story. professional. Um, all right, back to the actual card at hand. Uh, Ari, you mentioned the tag team champions. Uh, the acclaimed is going to take on Swerve in our glory, which, if you didn't know, is Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee. Um, I really just have like, okay, I'll, I have a couple of thoughts. Actually. My main thing is where the hell is FTR? Um, I, I, I like, yeah. I, I like, so this is funny. I look at dynamite, what we saw this week. I like the music video. I even don't mind them doing a rap before a music video, which is just kind of like rap inception, but I really sat there on dynamite and I, and despite the fact it was the two guys who were the best wrestlers of these two teams, I didn't need that match on Wednesday. You give me a rap, you give me uh, a rundown to the ring and a rap. You give me one rap, give me two raps, I'm fine. But this feels like FTR's division, and I'm just going to be thinking that throughout this match, Ari. Like, I can't take that thought out of my head. Yeah, I don't see it like that. I mean, look, I, 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 I don't know if I was with you one day at the Rico Coliseum three, four years ago. I don't know if it's when you and I went to a wrestling or we were at the same event. I saw FTR take on Bobby Roode. And I can't remember if it was Dolph Ziggler or a partner before Dolph Ziggler. These guys were so mesmerizing. And, you know, this is a house show. Yeah. They were mesmerizing. So I don't think for one second, even if they don't do a run-in or if they don't factor in, and there's lots of run-ins in AEW, you know that. Now, the good news is it's after the bell. Uh, that's, a, that's a shout out to Corey Graves, I guess. But any of I don't see it that way. I think these two teams are great. I think that the strife and tension between Keith Lee, who I thought has been very underwhelming in AEW, is sort of by having a bit of a snark to him, a little bit of a stink eye, I think is making him less boring uh, as a guy. I think Swerve, as long as he continues in that obnoxious way that interests me so i like that match a lot i think it's interesting they have a big thing to follow up on from what they did at arthur ash i think that's where the last one was i think i could be wrong but i'm looking forward to that and i don't think fdr is to the side and i still think fdr has some of the most genius midnight express like entrance music which i don't think people talk about enough whoever put that theme together yeah. Tony Condon. sort of the jim johnston of 2020 20, 2022. Tony Khan selected that for them. Did he? Yeah. I he wonder a, if he made that or if it was just made originally. It was it was a, a, a silent homage to the Midnight Express. Yeah, it's amazing. I, yeah. I think as soon as that hits, you can obviously see the audience 
who we all grew up with. I mean, yes, there's people in there that didn't grow up with that stuff. But for, you know, the segment of the ticket buying public who spends 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 bucks, you hit those very interesting like marauder like synth notes. And that just gets everybody up. So I don't think they're forgotten. I just think this is the match and it'll be what it'll be. And I'm sure it'll be fun as can be. Dan, this Sure. I mean, just like in the last match where you have a guy like Pac, who's an underrated hero to this company, they have so much talent in this company. Uh, The the guy who amongst a a match full of talent, uh, the guy that I single out is Swerve Strickland, who's maybe my favorite, like in-ring performer in this company at the moment, which says a lot because of the, the amount of talent that there is. But again, he's in there with a lot of good guys and then you throw in um, daddy ass. This is a, this is a good fun show uh, or a good program that they have. The third match will, who knows if it'll live up to the first one or the second one, but it'll be a fun one. I believe that um, I actually, sorry, I, I think that there might even be a title change again because I, I think they probably would prefer FTR to take those belts off of uh, Swerve and Lee versus the acclaimed. Ari, would you agree with that? Because I think that makes sense. I, I I like when the heel. I like when the heels have the belts. I mean, I think it just works with um, the good guys chasing. I think mm-hmm. that's. But you also have that interesting sort of split coming between. Mm-hmm. Swerve and Keith. Now, where that takes us, or maybe not. Maybe they won't. Maybe well, that's. I, it's funny yeah. that you say that because to me, I think the swerve pun completely intended yeah. is that they become a rock solid unit. Yes. And yeah. whether the acclaim doesn't, I don't think it's time to break them up. I don't understand all these inevitable breakups. It's one of the mm-hmm. reasons I like FTR that have lasted mm-hmm. ten years. I don't want to ever see the young bucks fight against each other. I think no. you and I are old enough to remember when Matt and Jeff Hardy. When at it, never hated it. Yeah. Correct, yeah, it correct. Yeah. So I kind of like the idea, and again, following up from what you were saying before I interjected, makes make Keith and Swerve ironclad now in their badness. Yeah. Make a really bad demolition when they were bad, heart foundation when they were bad tag team. I think wrestling, as much as we suspend disbelief, shouldn't have these guys that are wink, wink, nudge, nudging to the audience. Have a team that are just legitimately heels. It works, and I think those two guys could do it. Yeah, well said. Ari, you also shouted at uh, Soraya versus Britt Baker. Um, I, look, I... I got to interview Britt Baker before they came to Toronto. So I'm even more in her camp than I was before. Uh, Soraya, I'm a huge fan of the, the movie the rock did on her. Uh, I was joking with Tony. It, it's a lot better than black Adam. It's probably the best movie the rock's been involved with in the last year or two. Um, I am, I, I'm buying into this. Like I really am buying into, I think Soraya seems to be in good shape. We'll find out. Uh, I think this is a match for Baker that solidifies her against a established star. Um, I, I don't think I've sold you on it, Ari, but I tried in a way to to build it up a bit. So my view is I, I don't buy the whole Soraya thing. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't like her interviews in the last couple mm-hmm. weeks. They have not had the right tone to me. Mm-hmm. They've sort of been shrill, and I don't mean that in a female mm-hmm. way. They, they haven't been, I think, well thought out. I think mm-hmm. they've been either not scripted enough mm-hmm. uh, in terms of her just... I'm sorry, she's been gone five years. 
The world has gone on. She's got a broken neck. I don't think any different than Edge. Every time I watch him, I worry, God forbid, something's going to happen. I would much rather see Britt Baker be the island unto herself or go against Tony Storm. Hmm. You know, Soraya could have had a managerial. No, again, I'm not her doctor. Who cares? I just haven't enjoyed, particularly the promo, I think, two weeks ago where she literally just went ape, fill in the blank on Britt Hmm. Baker. And I think Britt Baker was just standing there going, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to engage with this. And I really like Britt Baker. And to me, she's the Charlotte mm. of AEW and anything that gets in the way of Charlotte slash Britt Baker is just to me a little bit of noise. Dan, be the tiebreaker. What do you think about this? Well, I, I don't. I think uh, Soraya is going to win, but this has been a very confusing program. Just like what the promo that Ari was referring to, that came off like this is her comeback story after five years. Clearly, a babyface story. Yet she's cutting heel promos on Britt mm. Baker. And last night on Dynamite, Britt Baker cuts this incredible babyface promo where she's supposed to. Yeah. Be, it's very confusing how they're presenting this. Uh, if I'm an a true AEW fan, I'm rooting for Britt Baker because about this obnoxious outsider who's coming in thinking that she's better than the division because that's how she comes off. That's exactly what I was saying. That's how I... Now, if it was on purpose, to Dan's Mm. point, I'd be great with it. I don't think it was on purpose. I don't think it was either. Right, and that's to me what runs the the wrong way. And if I was her walking through the backstage curtain to all of these women who for Mm -hmm. three years have been busting in and out and you do that the other thing that's incongruous and you know uh, i'm sure you didn't want to ask tony Khan this but i'm sure you thought about it but you know you don't want to have him not be a guest in the future is you built aew on the idea that wins and losses get you to title shots they actually have rankings now whether they still use them or not sometimes i see that they kind of do on the right side of the screen but explain to me how somebody who hasn't wrestled in five years and for another company and who got famous in another company who didn't want to hire her back to wrestle is now in the main event when you have a semi-main event called Tony Storm versus Jamie Hayter, yeah. but you have Soraya who hasn't wrestled one match in a company that really bases things on wins and losses. There's something very incongruous there. I appreciate this is all make-believe and blah, 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 blah. But at least be consistent in the make believe. Yeah. So there's very little about this that appeals to me. But I really, to Dan's point, and he put it much more elegantly than me, I really didn't like that promo two weeks ago. It really, really fell flat for me. Maybe she has ring rust or speaking rust, but it was two or three weeks after a couple other view- interviews. Mm. And I thought it was obnoxious in an X Pac like way, not obnoxious in a you know, I'm just an advocate kind of way for those who get that line. Yeah. And I think to your point, uh, we all remember the edge story, right? He had the bad neck, showed up in the Royal Rumble, and you could build a program off that, right? And I, I know you can't just, you know, create a, ba- but you could have had a battle royal on Dynamite or on Rampage uh, or in, had some other capacity where she showed up as a surprise, you know, opponent for somebody and got a big win and, and created a feud off that. What we got instead was like a series of promos and we don't really know if she can go. And, you know, we're coming off CM Punk and other situations where 
sometimes the people couldn't go the way we thought they could go. And it is a bit concerning. So we'll see. Uh, we're talking about Britt Breaker, so we might as well talk about Jamie Hayter. She's going to go after the interim, and I always forget it's interim, AW Women's World Championship. That's Tony Storm. Um, I, I think this will be great, Ari. I think Hayter is due to be champion. I haven't really bought the Tony Storm run so much. I think she's there. She deserves the title. I'm happy for her. Um, but I'm not dying to see her face Thunder Rosa. I think they should put everything into Hater because I think she's very over and I think she's a really, really great wrestler and a very intriguing character, especially if Paige is going to be kind of hovering around this division and you have this English star who's breaking through um, as you have a show coming up in you know the UK, no less. I think Tony Storm is, to use your line, just there. I don't yep. know what her character is. I don't know her raison d'etre. I know she has Tom Brady-like makeup under her left eye for some reason that I haven't figured out. But other than that, it's a match that I have no interest in. And if I was watching it in some way, I'd probably skip it. And I just think it's been very, very poorly handled. And there's nothing main eventy like it to me. I'm sure they're both wonderful people. But uh, I, I just don't understand that segment. Yeah, Dan, for two people who have such a history, and I never remember because I've heard it two different ways. They either lived together or were homeless together. It depends who you ask. But, you know, this reminds me of the NXT UK program, which was uh, Piper Niven, uh, Alba Fire, and I forget who the third person was. And their friendship and the betrayal of that friendship was such a big deal. And here it's like a throwaway line, and the two of them can't even agree on whether they were roommates or homeless or in a car or, or what i don't even know they were poor roommates in, okay during the pandemic they were yes but i i, I don't believe that there's gonna be a title change. i know they're going to london they notice how they didn't say when they're going to london mm. they're going there but i don't believe it'll be in the first two three months of 2023 therefore there's no rush to put this on jamie hater they will at some point but i think they will do it when Britt Baker isn't occupied because you're going to have that immediate reaction to where Britt Baker kind of will, will turn on her because of her winning that belt. Um, but Britt is pre preoccupied with something else at the moment. Um, this match doesn't, uh, as Ari said, it doesn't feel that important. In fact, I would even put Jade Cargill's match above this out of the three women's matches that are on this card. Well, and that's exactly where I was going to go. The TBS champion Cargill is going to defend against Nyla Rose, who's, you know, basically stolen the title. Um, I, I think the sad part here, Ari, is somebody posing as the champion, and you alluded to rankings earlier, has been significantly more entertaining than the actual champion who's been reigning in this Goldberg-type streak that's lost almost all luster. And I honestly forget that Cargill works at this company most days of the week. Um, I, I At this point, I feel like they should just let Nyla have this belt for real now. What? Uh, I, I don't. I don't like that character for a whole bunch of reasons we don't have time mm. to get into. I think Jade Cargill is a complete star. Yes. Mm. So I think she should be booked as a star. She carries herself like a star. She builds herself like a star. I have no idea whether it's what she's like behind the scenes, but when she mm. comes through that gate... Uh, you absolutely 100% believe she is that you can fill in the five-letter word. And so to me, I, I, I don't think I've ever not fast-forwarded through a Nyla Rose segment. I like Vicky because I think she's entertaining as you know what, but the Nyla Rose thing, 
um, without getting too far into it, uh, not doesn't interest me. So Bilal, like, who do you who do you feel comes off as a bigger star, Jade Cargill or Tony Storm? No, you guys make a good point. Uh, Cargill has the star, uh, not even potential. She has that star light, right? Like she can be a huge star. I, I think there's a booking problem with the way her and Hook are booked, which is they are champions with middle to low level championships that are not defended much, that are defended against inferior competition. And despite the fact she's been undefeated for 40 or whatever matches, you know, if you go through the list of people she beat, there's one or two decent names on there, but she's beaten a lot of people who are generally not on television on a Wednesday night. And how, and it's the same thing with Hook to a slightly different degree because of how this roster is constructed. I, I, I think long term, I think Cargill will be a big star. I just don't, I, I think if you're asking me, what do I want to see on my TV right now? I think what Nyla Rose has been doing is entertaining. What Cargill has been doing has kind of been a copy and paste of what we've seen her do every time. It's just you change the name of the person she squashes. But here's a question. Here, here's a question to that, okay? Because mm-hmm. I, I still think we don't talk about Charlotte enough in the wrestling mm-hmm. world. To me, she is everything. Mm-hmm. You picture WrestleMania in L.A. Mm-hmm. with 75,000 people there. And if I said to you there's going to be a surprise opponent for Charlotte, okay? And if I said to you of those two surprise opponents – one of them is going to come through the curtain. It's going to be Tony Storm. Or the other one that's going to come through the curtain is going to be Jade Cargill. You tell me which makes the crowd go absolutely bananas at WrestleMania. I use that as an example. Hmm. And I'm telling you, if Jade Cargill came through that curtain to come down the aisle, I guess pun intended again, to face uh, Charlotte, that is a main event attraction anywhere in the world. You bring Tony Storm out. I'm not faulting her for it. I just don't find her interesting. Well, we've already seen her in WWE. That's the other thing, right? We've seen point. Tony Storm in Charlotte. But that's that, what I'm that's saying to you. But you bring yeah. them back. There's a guest. Tony Storm comes out. Everybody goes, uh, there she is again. not so interesting. Jade Cargill comes out. You're like, that is a foil for Charlotte mm-hmm. Flair. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's, there's, there's great potential there. And, uh, I, I think overall, in the long term, you guys are going to be right. But short term, I, I, I will take the Nyla Rose silly. I, I don't know. I, I think this brand needs, especially in the women's division, it's so super serious. The fact that anything is not serious is actually entertaining to me because everything is is just a little too serious. Dan. But Nyla Rose will not be the one who beats Jade Cargill. At least you got to take photos with the belt. Anyways, we'll move on. Uh, Ari, you mentioned WrestleMania. So let's talk about somebody who could be uh, the main event star of this company, and it's going to be the winner of the AEW World Championship Eliminator Tournament Finals. Ethan Page uh, has to take on Brian Cage. Ricky Starks or Lance Archer is going to move on, I believe. Dan, is that how it works? Have I I just destroyed that tournament? It's so confusing. It is confusing. It was one of those... Uh, Ethan Page is going to be it's, it's, it's going to be Ethan pay-per-view. Page and Ricky Starks I think essentially is what is going to happen likely um, I am very torn actually in terms of who I think should win uh Starks hasn't really been there as much as I think he should have been for whatever reason um I think he's a very natural star I I think Page is a guy you could certainly push forward and a lot of this might ultimately depend on who is champion um but I guess just who do you like in this cuz look I I don't think anyone could sit here and say I couldn't see Starks or Page as a world champion, Ari. 
So I have a different view of these guys, and one of them, I've actually thought about this as I was watching it. First of all, Brian Cage must have really hit on a woman that Tony Khan likes, because the absolute job rooney job fest he did to Wardlow, or did for Wardlow two, three weeks ago, I thought was one of the most hideous, unnecessary presentations to kill a guy forever. Brian Cage, with the right booking, is like Ryback with talent. Mm-hmm. And I thought what they did to him, for no purpose for Wardlow, didn't advance Wardlow, didn't do a thing for Wardlow, they decimated him with that power bomb symphony two, maybe two, three, four weeks ago. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. So Brian Cage, to me, almost has a real grievance against Tony Khan for character destroying or destruction. He should be a much bigger star. Leave aside his size. You have a mouthpiece with him, a, a Paul Heyman-like, the way they did it when he first came in, Taz. You had a big star that you've now sort of urinated away. The other guy that I don't understand why he's not a bigger star and I think should be a mega star is Lance Archer. That's a guy that literally looks like, pun intended again, he will murder you. He doesn't look like he's holding back. He doesn't look like, you know, it's not real or it's sports entertainment. He looks like he will kill you. And I don't understand that booking. You know, Ricky Starks is interesting. He's fine. He's he's Sammy Guevara-like, and he has a role to play. Ethan Page, I think they need to rejig that because I don't think mm-hmm. Ethan Page takes himself seriously as a character. Like, if you don't take yourself seriously as a threat, I can't really do it. But Lance Archer, to me, is completely misused, and Brian Cage was horribly misused to to Wardlow and where's Wardlow on this card if you're if you're going to have big guys end their careers to take a couple horrible power bombs to make you better you're not even on this card I, I you know what we we'll get to that I think they added they tweeted something they are. Today, which I almost missed but okay, Dan well, then if it's yeah. an afterthought then I don't think I mean look he's I'm, in the three way yeah, which is yeah okay then my point is maybe not as accurate but if it's an afterthought in a late game edition or yep. a late entry tweet, hmm. I think that probably my point is even stronger now that I argue with myself. <laughs> Go ahead, Dan. Well, I uh, I think the the woman that you were alluding to that was with uh, Tony Khan is uh, Brian Cage's wife because Brian Cage's wife was mouthy on Twitter towards Tony Khan about a year ago about how he was booked. And I don't think TK's uh, forgotten about this. Well, then there, you know, then you're more. Dan knows everything than, about AEW. No, but that's, that, to that, me, that's a real I thing. Yeah. A joke. And I thought yeah. to myself, I was going to say peed in somebody's cornflakes, but that's too easy a joke. Mm. But that, that was the, uh, about a year ago, the, his wife is, was very critical to Tony Khan on Twitter about how Brian Cage is booked. So, and well, then, then he fell off for for a long time, and now he's you know time. they put they put him with uh, Prince Nana. Now he's got a mouthpiece again. I think he's on the on the upper upper. He's he's on the rise again. But like, there's too much too much talent in this company that you even even when you put a tournament like this together, you have to have people lose. All of these people are, are all these people should be on the rise, but you can't you can't do it. You can't. Yeah, they do have it. to. got to stop signing everybody. That's, That's it. Thing yeah. that I would say, even though he's you know we all think he's fantastic and he's created mm-hmm. an alternative to WWE, you don't have to sign everybody new every week. You've got great people, and, and especially in the men's division, right, Ari? Like if we're talking about Sasha Banks, totally different story. Yeah, totally she would different. be. 
Totally uh, different. You know, even somebody, lower down. Right. But I'm talking about all these things that are big surprises or coming from New Japan or coming from here. Or coming, yep. I'm sorry. doesn't move the needle unless yep. the person now is a needle mover. You've got incredible people. You've got that four-way match with Chris Jericho, Brian Danielson. Yep. I forget even the other two, but like that Claudio almost, and, Claudio, yeah. that almost yep. becomes an afterthought. Cesaro almost becomes an mm. afterthought because there's too many. Now, again, a great problem. Too many have. people. He's the billionaire. I'm not the billionaire. I go to work tomorrow. I fly coach. But at the end of the day, I just think you don't need to sign every person that people in the dark reaches of the internet are watching YouTube videos of. To your point mm. below, it's mm. Sasha Banks. Or yeah. no, thank you. We're full right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, 100%. Well, you mentioned the Ring of Honor world champion, Chris Jericho. He's taking on Daniel Bryan, uh, Sammy Guevara, and Claudio Castanoli, or Cesaro, as we probably know him better. Um, this is very interesting, Ari, because, you know, you alluded to the talent, but also you've got sort of two teams. And look, I'm kind of sick of these two teams, but at least this is a different dynamic where it's a fatal four way for a championship. And inevitably, you're going to have to pin your brother. Um, this should be pretty interesting, and I think uh, Jericho a little bit less than the other three. It should be quite a good match. Oh, I think Jericho more than the other three. I think there's an entertainer, not mm. to use his gimmick. I'm sorry. I know Cesaro will do the swing, and that's fantastic. Yep. Sammy Guevara will kiss his wife. Fantastic. <laughs> He'll take a crazy bump. Fantastic. But the person that carries everything, including if you really enjoy Chris Jericho and you know how hard he works and how much this means to him, I would watch Chris Jericho have a match with the proverbial Ric Flair, Bret Hart broomstick. So to me, that's where I'm more interested. The only part of this, because the Ring of Honor thing I have no interest in, not a fan of, never watched. I'm sorry, I'm not that deep into the weeds on YouTube or whatever it is. No offense to people. But my view is, is that the only interesting part of that is Chris Jericho saying, I'm going to destroy everything that was without the handshakes and all of that. Otherwise... You have four pretty much WWE guys or three, three and a half yep. in a match that is for a kind of world championship. But, uh, OK, six mm. percent of people in the arena, maybe four percent care about Ring of Honor that had matches in, I don't know, in Toronto that had 500 people. That's not an insult at all. Kevin Owens started yep. there. CM Punk was there. But look, this is the big time. AEW is the big time. Bilal, you've been to it. Yep. I've been to it. The production values are exactly the same as a WWE production, yep. except they'll never have a WrestleMania-like show. They just mm -hmm. won't, because WrestleMania is the Super Bowl. Yep. But this is the big leagues. Stop acting. This is just my two cents. Yep. They need to stop acting like everything else in wrestling around the world, New Japan, matters. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. MJF going off matters. John Moxley being John Moxley matters. Kenny Omega's entrance matters. Certain things don't. So this four-way to me is sort of a time filler. Yeah. Time filler that I and I understand why it's on the show because of the four people involved. Mm. But there's a Ring of Honor pay-per-view coming up in early December. This should have been on that. And in yep. fact, what I would have done is because the, the main focus of this card should be MJF and Moxley. So the Blackpool combat people should be in the corner of Moxley for this because it's a big, important match. Mm. So they can counter the, the firm people. This match does not need to be on this card. 
you, you can have those people on the show, but this match doesn't need to be on this card. It should be saved for the next pay-per-view in two weeks. And, and we'll speed up here because we've got to finish this at some point. But uh, Ari, you mentioned sort of WrestleMania. And, you know, you, they've defended NXT, for example, titles at WrestleMania a couple of times. And then WWE realized, look, we'll just do a different show, similar to the Ring of Honor thing. And then if you want it, we'll put it in the afternoon or we'll put it on a different day and make it part of a package. And I think that's where they need to go eventually. But, you know, maybe they just don't have that deal in place, the TV deal for Ring of Honor or the streaming deal that they feel like they deserve. And I guess this is their way of getting it. But I pretty much agree entirely with you. Uh, we'll go right to the TNT Championship because you mentioned Wardlow. He's going to take on Powerhouse Hobbs and Samoa Joe. The best way I can describe this, Ari, is three big boys smacking beef because I think that sums it up pretty well. Samoa Joe, to me, who's had a very long career, continues to be the most underutilized, underappreciated, great on the mic. Great promo last um, night. You know, should be a much bigger um, guy who I think could be much better used and promoted. I thought when I think he had a thing with Brock Lesnar, and I was like, don't use him this way. Uh, I'm only interested in Samoa Joe. Powerhouse Hobbs is a big guy. Great. I, I don't yeah. feel a tremendous... Prospect for the future, maybe. Yeah, but I don't feel a tremendous charisma there building. I just don't feel it. I think he's good. Or as I, I don't remember whose line it was, somebody's a good hand. Um, you know, I, I Wardlow, again, I don't see it. I don't see the connection with the audience that... Uh, many other people do. I don't feel it. Because it's not uh, there anymore. Yeah, and I think, obviously, the MJF thing had something to do with it. Yep. Um, but, you know, I just don't feel the momentum there. I think there's a there's a trying to save a bit of a sinking ship. And I'll tell you, what was done to Brian Cage, I don't think made Br- Wardlow stronger. I think there was probably an audience there going, you know what? You're going to have to make this guy a bit more of an underdog now. It's not working. So uh, uh, to me, Samoa Joe, and I listened to an interview with him on AEW Unrestricted, the podcast with um, the ref, Aubrey Edwards and um, Tony Schiavone. Samoa Joe is a really impressive guy. He's really impressive. And I would like to see much more sun shine on him, particularly at this point in his career where he probably doesn't have five, 10 years left, given what he's done to his body. Very true, Dan. I understand why, again, another match. I understand why these three gentlemen are on this show. They deserve to be. However, this would have been a way better main event of, of Dynamite next week. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Just because this will never end if I don't put, get us out of here. Uh, last two matches, and Daniel, tell me if I missed anything. We'll get a steel cage, Jungle Boy taking on Luchasaurus. Darby Allen and Sting will take on Jeff Jarrett oh, right. and Jay Lethal. Um, you know, I, I, I'm Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. I don't know why we're still doing this, but you know, Sting and Jeff Jarrett with Darby and Lethal Ari, like that's interesting. You mean Ric Flair's last match? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is that what you meant to ask me about? Because to me, it's it's too eerily similar. Again, I'm sure that wasn't you know not understood given the permission for people to go there. But like, why are you giving me half of that card? against Sting and Darby Allen in a match that I don't think will feel to anybody like it genuinely matters. Like, it just, you know, Darby Allen's an interesting guy. Sting's an interesting addition. What What is intriguing about this match? Jeff Jarrett just left WWE and insulted some people. I mean, 
it's not that interesting to me. And just because I know you're low on time, I really like Luchasaurus. I know that there's a talking problem there and he's wearing a mask and how do you get over? You know, I think Jungle Boy is very good too. I think he has good facial expressions. I think the audience wants to like him. And I like Christian Cage as a really bad yep. guy. I like him as a bad guy. I don't like the whole peeps thing. He's a bad guy. Christian Cage, you look at him and you look at him and think there's a sneaky guy. So those two matches... You know, the Jungle Boy Luchasaurus one, I think, will probably be better than people think it will be. I think Luchasaurus, for a series of reasons, is very underrated. He never underdelivers, and he's completely believable in his uh, in his offense. But the Sting, Darby Allen, I mean, it's almost like at WrestleMania you have one of those Chris Jericho, Ricky Steamboat, or Chris mm-hmm. Jericho versus Roddy. Piper matches, it may be entertaining, but it holds no gravitas. Dan, it screams pre-show to me, right? Like this seems like what That's they should do. That's a good way to put yeah. it. That's a good way to yeah. put it. What which one screams pre-show? Uh, the Darby uh Sting versus Jerry. But of course, that would never be on the pre-show though. Uh, but I feel like they would never put wanna... Sting on the pre-show. Okay. Yeah, I, but I hear what you're like, saying. Yeah, uh, because build, right? right, because they threw this together. I would have at least, I would have at least liked to have a face to face with Jared and Sting yeah. leading up to this, but they didn't. They didn't have time for it, and uh, so it, again, it doesn't. I understand why it's on the show because of the people involved, but it does not need to be on the show. The last thing I'll leave you with, because you go, you both saw the weird Darby Allen and weird, and uh, I mean, great video with him in a body bag and Sting driving him out. And I basically asked Tony Khan, what is the exchange you have with Darby Allen? Is it a Google Drive and you just get a cryptic tweet on Wednesday morning that says the files in the drive, Tony? And that was basically and, what it, it's happened, he, right? Yeah. yeah, he basically agreed with that. He's like, that's pretty much <laughs> yeah. what my relationship is with him. And then I have to yeah. go back and forth to make it work for television. Um, Ari, Dan, always great to talk to you. Uh, we managed to make this podcast shorter than the pay-per-view. So that's an accomplishment in and of itself. Um, and yeah, enjoy it. I try to stay awake and uh, hopefully, you know, Ari, we're not there till 3 a.m. on the early hours of Sunday trying to make heads or tails of something that happened of the in media the press scrum. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. 